The Christian Mass at Hagia Sophia, Spring Training 4. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring, the bright morning star, Revelation 22:16. According to one translator, the name Hagia Sophia refers to a partial inscription in its South Taipanum dedicated to, quote, deathless wisdom while other research indicates the name was dedicated to the Sophia of God as the second person of the Trinity, with Christ as the wisdom or word of God made flesh. Christian authors use the term wisdom as the natural wisdom of the universe and the Greek Trinitarian understanding of the true wisdom of Christ, that is, quote, wisdom not only as a divine person, but also as a divine manifestation or attribute or energy. In 360 CE, Constantius, dedicated the first church of Hagia Sophia at Constantinople, which was most likely a simple rectangular basilica with a timber roof and galleries. Due to fires in 404 and 532, Justinian redesigned the structure between 532 and 537, constructing a two-story dome structure. The architects were Anthemius of Trous, a mathematics teacher, and the elder Asidorus of Miletus, professor of geometry. Their architectural plan of combining arched and part spherical form flows into the great spherical domed interior symbolizing the vault of heaven. According to a description by the Greek poet Paulus Salantarius, countless oil lamps blaze like stars and three rings of light suspended from the dome by brass chains with attached silver discs. Salantarius adds, yet not from the discs alone does the light shine at night. For in the circle you will see, close to the disc, the symbol of a mighty cross with many eyes, and in it, its pierced back, it holds other lamps. Hagia Sophia has a northwestern entrance and is oriented to the southeast. The liturgy of Hagia Sophia begins with the principal celebrant entering from the northwestern part of the complex, preceded by the Christ. They proceed to the southeastern ambo, then the solea, the walkway, to the sanctuary, placing the gospel on the altar. The principal celebrate that prepares for the Eucharist proper, as the Katoshimans are dismissed and the doors closed, while the deacons go to the Skolphalakion, a separate building or sacristy at the northeast corner of the church for the preparation of the altar gifts. The Sherebic hymn to the life-giving trinity is chanted for the procession of gifts back to the altar from the Skolphalakion, followed by the congregational kiss of peace and communion. Patriarch Germanus in his Historia Ecclesica writes, The preparation of the gifts which takes place in the interpolation sanctuary stands for the place of Calvary where Christ was crucified. The ceremonial carrying of the gospel to and from the ambo came to be known as a little entrance and the offertory procession of bread and wine, symbolizing Christ and his crucifixion was the great entrance. Thus, the Christian ritual includes the little entrance of the principal celebrant entering from the northwest and then meeting the great interest of deacons with the altar gifts signifying where Christ was crucified on the cross. This ritual models the same pattern in the book Amduat, the book of gates, the book of caverns, and other ancient Egyptian texts where the Egyptian sun god, little entrance, travels to the hidden sanctuary of Osir, who rises to the great entrance to meet the sun god, the edifice of Taharqa. Similar to the little entrance, the excavation of the subterranean edifice of Pharaoh Taharqa, circa 690-664 BCE, in 1907-1908 at Karnak reveals ritual scenes and hieroglyphs depicting the king's netherworld descent into the, quote, caverns of Nun 
at the Northwest Stairway, his purification and approach to the sanctuary, as well as his consecration of white bread. Similar to the Christian Great Entrance, the scenes in room E show the king's procession with text describing the great entrance of the Cavern of the Noon at the west of Thebes. A winged disc decorates the top of the door. This artwork represents the sacred mound of Jemen, the mythical burial place of Oser. A mound is present above two outstretched arms with hands open to the sky. A priest celebrates his chest decorated with two cross strips. Two goddesses are present, each holding a bow and an arrow. Goyan explains that the sun god visited the sacred mound of Jemen related to Osiris, divine re-entrance. Four transformation. The partial texts on the west wall of room E are translated. The eye of Horus, the wife of the god, the lord of the sublime arm, the arm of Geb, the arm of Horus, and the lady of Bat, along with the king is alive with all life, all stability, and power, all health. Unk Ujas Neb Neb. So Osiris has risen for his divine re-entrance and the king has transformed. Briefly interpreted, the cavern of the noon represents the whole cell DNA or chromosome and white bread indicates fermentation along the cell's ancient glycolysis pathway. The mound of Jemme is the prophage site where the dormant virus is getting ready to rise through his DNA cross to begin its activity. The priest with the cross on his chest is a sign of the cruciform structure of a holiday junction, a DNA cross, a site-specific recombination process responsible for integration and excision of a bacterial phage genomes into and out of the host cell chromosome. Excision allows the prophage to escape from the dormant state. The eye of Horus is the complete lambda genome that is now functional for both arms partner for lysis, the left arm of Geb or Seth, Lysogeny and the right arm of Heru, Lysis. A tabernacle is presented for the god's divine re-entrance or resurrection. A lentil on the next room's east wall shows Taharka throwing four balls, which the text defined as the balls come into existence for Ra, for the sun god Ra created himself in the form of millions. This suggests lactic replication in the cloning of the sun god into molecular viral balls of light. The pagan ritual dedicated to Osir in the edifice of Pharaoh Taharka, circa 663 BCE, is the forerunner of the early Christian mass, performed during the reign of Justinian about a thousand years later at Hagia Sophia in Constantinople. Despite the thousand-year time difference, both the Egyptian ritual and the Christian mass at Hagia Sophia begin with an entrance in the northwest and a re-entrance. Both consecrate white bread and symbolize a blood sacrifice and the processional events appear in the same order. In the Christian mass, the bread or host is multiplied for the communion of the faithful, while in Taharka's ritual the balls are thrown or multiplied into millions, suggesting replication or cloning. In both Egyptian and Christian rituals, transubstantiation, an act that changes the form or character or substance of something, results in the king consecrating white bread as the dying rising god Osir that becomes the sun god Ra in the form of millions. In the priest changing white bread or the host into the dying rising body of Christ that is multiplied for the communion of the faithful. The rituals are focused on morphogenesis or the development of a new spherical form. Further, the circular host is the body of Christ, consecrated bread with the etymological meaning of sacrifice from the Latin hostia and multitude from the old French host army. From a biological perspective, the ritual of multiplying bread into hosts or millions mirrors the process 
of producing identical copies of a DNA segment asexually, that is, cloning, which involves inserting a recombinant DNA molecule into a fast-replicating virus vector. So the concept of the God-man may signify viral human recombinant DNA with the crucifixion resurrection patterning the microbiology of phage lambda. Both Christian and Egyptian sources suggest this is the eschatological survival message for humanity. To understand the importance of bread and fermentation, consider that the ancient glycolysis fermentation gene expression pathway described in Egyptian texts is the oldest enzyme pathway known. Using various sugars, glucose, maltose, and lactose, this enzyme pathway runs with or without oxygen in our cells. Maltose is a sugar used in brewing beer. Burley is used to convert starches into fermentable maltose, while fermentation is used for the production of beer and wine. Yeast and bacteria in dough cause fermentation in bread. These signs in both rituals suggest that ancient Egyptian texts and later Christianity are describing the ancient glycolysis fermentation gene expression network as a survival mechanism at a depth transition. More evidence for this view follows. After the gospel in the Catholic mass, the credo, the creed or summary of Catholic doctrine is recited. The creed explains that Christ came down from heaven and became incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man. Again, the virgin birth should be deflowered for it is simply a sign of asexual cloning using lactose metabolism. With great simplification, if there is no glucose for the cell, the ancient glycolysis pathway allows the cell to use lactose, that is, allolactose, a lactose isomer formed by beta-galactosidase. This is what happens in ancient Egyptian texts when the sun god's raptor proteins enters the cell and activates the SOS response that stops normal cell processes. Because an increased rate of change is now possible, biologists call this a directed or adaptive mutation due to using lactose for growth and replication. This adaptive mutation shifts the position of many millions of particles within the cell. However, biologists are not sure how these directed mutations happen, yet they do know that these mutations only occur in cells that are not dividing. They are time dependent and they only appear after the cell encounters a selective pressure. McFadden and Al Khalili suggest that adaptive mutations with lactose occur because cells have measuring devices inside that probe what is happening. At temperatures close to absolute zero, the behavior of all systems becomes quantum mechanical, and quantum measurement influences the dynamics of quantum systems. In the quantum Zeno effect, continuous measurement of a quantum system freezes the dynamics of that system. In the inverse quantum Zeno effect, a dense series of measurements of a particle along a chosen path can force the dynamics of that particle to evolve along that path. In McFadden and El Khalili's article, the cell environment is the observing measuring entity. This is similar to the ancient Egyptian textual descriptions of a quantum environment of proteins or particles observing and measuring the deceased sun god's progress on a viral protein raft or bark with Aset, the sign for lactose. In the ancient Egyptian text, this viral raft or bark of proteins is activating the lactose genes and taking over the replication machinery of the cell. So the cell is not dividing and the viral raft is also an observing measuring entity. So the proteins are the unit of selection. The milk goddess Aset, the wife of God and later Virgin Mary, 
are signs for the lactose metabolism that is available in the ancient glycolysis gene expression network. The disaccharide lactose is the predominant sugar in milk, and humans have been preoccupied with milk production since Neolithic culture developed in the Middle East. According to archaeologists, chemists, and geneticists, dairy products have shaped European human settlements. When farming replaced hunter-gathering about 11,000 years ago, cattle herders reduced lactose and dairy products by fermenting milk to make cheese and yogurt. Several thousand years later, a mutation spread through Europe that adapted people to the enzyme lactase and the consumption of milk. What some researchers believe to be consistent with gene culture coevolution. The researchers think that humans may have domesticated cattle, goats, and sheep for dairy purposes and that the nutritional benefits allow farmers to replace the original hunter-gathering societies. Maintaining cattle also required growing grain. In ancient Egypt, the netherworld dying rising deity Osir is associated with grain and agriculture. While the pharaohs entombed their sacred Apis bulls or cattle they considered as the incarnation of the creator god Ptah. It is also interesting that centuries later Christianity converted the ancient Egyptian signs of the deified human, the lion, the calf, and the eagle into the iconic symbols of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, while the virgin Aset materialized as the Virgin Mary. The Egyptian cow goddess Aset and lactose are closely associated with the grain deity Osir and grain production or cloning. Perhaps we can interpret the cultural obsessions with virginity, cow's milk, and cloning grain as additional signs related to the ancient gene expression network in our cells, allowing lactose metabolism for asexual vegetative replication or viral cloning. The pyramid texts and coffin texts point to this idea in the countless Egyptian references to the Milky Way and the mother goddess Aset, whose provisions are powerful. So it is cream or zemen, pyramid text 34, or semen. Coffin text 354, which reconciles the two brothers Heru and Set, the crow and C1 proteins, by providing the lactose medium for the complete lambda genome or eye of Horus. This binding partnership of proteins supports the genetic switch for viral replication and lactose metabolism. So the elite Egyptian pharaonic priesthood and the early Christian priesthood are tuned into the same microbiological song that may be inspired by our microbial genome as well as our gut microbiome. The etymology of our word shows a similar correspondence to lactose metabolism in Christian ritual. Related to languages' biological roots is the word cream, from the Greek chirin, which means to anoint. Chirin is also linked to the root of Christ, the anointed one. Associated ritual with oil, an element of cream caused by the globules becoming more concentrated than usual. From the Greek Christos means anointed, a translation from the Hebrew Messiah, anointed Messiah. Now DNA is a dynamite, dynamic crystalline structure. Proteins fold to a crystallized native state and a virus such as phage lambda is a crystal having a spherical shape. From the Latin, crystallis means crystal and chrysos means gold and Christus means Christ. In addition, chrysalis is the third stage in the development of an insect, especially a moth or a butterfly enclosed in a form case or cocoon, a pulpa. The word chrysalis originated from the Latin chrysalis and the Greek chrysalis means gold-colored pulpa of a butterfly. These etymologies are charged with microbiological messages, and this is probably because our viral DNA possesses lingual structures with a survival message. Put simply, a chrysalis or cocoon state suggests 
the lysogenic inert state of phage lambda. So Christ's actions and name connote that the deity is a sign of viral crystal anointed with the creamy oil of lactose so that it can rise from its inert state. Of course, the dying rising God Christ is one of the later versions of the dying rising deity Osir, who rises from the dead due to the breath of life from Aset, that is, lactose energy metabolism. Similarly, as supported by etymology, the Christian emphasis on the word, the epistle, and the gospel in the Byzantine Mass at Hagia Sophia can be interpreted as a sign of DNA transcription along the ancient gene expression network as it is in ancient Egyptian texts. Examining the concept of the word in at least corrupted pyramid texts and coffin texts, the king bears the God's book, speaks the word, and is the great word, pyramid text 506. Also, Cyrus is the word which was in darkness, coffin text 1087, and the king is in charge of the record of the word of God, coffin text 351. The king is also the messenger, coffin text 422. The deity Tehuti is often present in Ibis form, carrying a pen and palette of the scribe, representing the activity of copying words or transcription. This focus on the word by Pharaonic Egypt precedes its Christian counterpart found in the Gospel of John 1.1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Put simply, the word is viral DNA. The Byzantine Mass also emphasizes the word and its letters by its ritual of the episode, letter, and gospel, Old English God spell, good news, spell, name of the letters, to tell, to speak. This Latin and Old English derivation harmonizes with the language biologists use to explain the conversion of nucleotide words into amino acid words. Put simply, the chemical bases or letters of adenine, thymine, guanine, and cytosine spell out the genetic code or word of a protein or a string of amino acids. So the messenger RNA, the message or letter, the episode, the sunbark with the dead king, translates into a protein sequence of amino acids, letters specifying a specific protein or word, a gospel, pro-protein, that activates genes allowing the lambda prophase to rise. Osiris divine re-enters through lactose metabolism are set. Similarly, the great interest of Christ in the Byzantine Mass also models this chemistry, for after the episode and gospel is the offertory procession of bread and wine, symbolizes Christ's great entrance after his crucifixion and death. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Now, Taharka's ritual is rooted in the ancient Egyptian Sed festival circa 2500 BCE, which jo Joseph Campbell sums up in six general stages. One, preparatory vestings, blessings, and consecrations. Two, introductory processions. Three, rites approaching the consummation. Four, the consummated sacrifice. Five, the application of the benefits. And six, thanksgiving, the final blessing and dismissal. As mentioned, the king returns with the will or secret of the two partners. During the fourth stage, during the fifth stage of the said festival, the king is carried in a litter-shaped basket to the chapel of the brother deities Heru and Set for the bow and arrow ceremony, where the king releases an arrow in each of the four directions and then is crowned four times. Now the flow of events in the ancient Egyptian said festival is remarkably similar not only to the early Christian mass at Hagia Sophia, but also to the modern Christian mass described below in the new Marian Missal for Daily Mass. 1. Preparatory Prayers at the Foot of the Altar. 2. Introductory Procession of Priest to Altar and Introit or Entrance. 3. Rites of Collects, Prayers, Episode Letters, Gospel, Creed. 
4. Offertory consecration of bread and wine, sacrifice of Christ. 5. Holy communion, consumption of the body and blood of Christ. 6. Thanksgiving, blessing, and dismissal. In Ralph Gorman's preface to the new Marian Missal, he states that in the Mass, the priest and the victim are the same, Jesus Christ. This is similar to the Egyptian deceased king, representing Osiris. In the Christian Mass, Christ is sacrificed, while Holy Communion allows the celebrants to partake in the divine sacrifice represented by eating the two-dimensional bread host. Similarly, ancient Egyptian texts describe the degradation or corruption of Osiris, who becomes a necessary substrate of sacrifice for the transformation of the deceased pharaoh or king. In summary, we are caught up in a wall of mirrors, the early Christian mass at Hagia Sophia, mir mirrors to Harker's ritual in his edifice that mirrors events in ancient Egyptian texts, and the ritual at the said festival that mirrors the contemporary Christian mass. All this human behavior models viral replication in the ancient glycolysis fermentation pathway that uses lactose metabolism. This is reinforced by the etymology of words such as cream and Christ, as well as human behavior related to the consumption of dairy products and maintaining cattle.